Welcome, Oracle fans, to the Oracle Report, a weekly podcast about Delphi Community High School Athletics. I'm your host, Brian Tonsoni. This is our second episode recorded on Monday evening, August 16th, 2021. Well, let's start this week like we will start every week with our Outstanding Oracle Performance of the Week. And this week's Outstanding Oracle Performance was the girls' golf team who won the first competitive contest of the year for any Oracle program. The girls defeated the Carroll Cougars 240-245. to Remember, low score wins in golf. Elise Perry led the way as medalist with a score of 52. We will hear more about Elise later in the show. Other scores of note include Grace O'Neill shooting a 55, Edie Brustel had a 65, and Emily Mears a 68 as the ladies were victorious. This week in Oracle Athletic News, uh, the athletic department is proud to host the class of 1981 football uh, reunion at this week's home football game. They'll have a tailgate, and they will be seated in the north end zone during the game, so stop by and share a memory or two with the 1981 football oracles. Don't forget to bring your digital tickets to Hall All home events this year, cash options are available at the door if uh, you don't want to go digital. This week's home football opener will be broadcast on 98.1 FM, so bring your headphones to the game so you can watch the game and listen to the broadcast at the same time. It's now time for our Student Athlete of the Week. Each week we will share an Oracle athlete that represents our school and community well by displaying great work ethic and outstanding attitude, and this week's Student Athlete of the Week is Elise Perry of the girls' golf team. Elise is a senior and will be the number one golfer for the third year in a row. She has won the girls' golf team MVP the last two seasons. She just missed making the all-conference team last year and was a few strokes from advancing out of sectional last year. Driving the ball is Elise's biggest strength, and hopefully she can improve enough on her short game to make all-conference and get out of that sectional this year. In addition to golf, Elise plays tennis and swims. She is also a very strong she is very strong academically and involved in many groups at school such as Parnassus and NHS. Congratulations, Elise, on being our Oracle Athlete of the Week. This week's athletic schedule, here's what's uh, up. Uh, We're recording this Monday evening, and the girls at 4.30 are competing at Clinton Prairie, against Clinton Prairie and Pioneer uh, on the road at the Pond View Golf Course. Uh, We'll have the results of that on next week's podcast. Tuesday, uh, the 17th, we have uh, Cross Country at Benton Central. We also at uh, five o'clock. At five o'clock, boys tennis will be playing on the road at Western Boone, and the JV and varsity volleyball begins at six o'clock against Faith Christian at Faith Christian. On Wednesday, the eighteenth, middle school football will play Eastern on the road at Eastern. On Thursday, the nineteenth, the volleyball team returns to action against Fountain Central on the road at Fountain Central, and the co-ed soccer team starts at six o'clock with a match at Northwestern. The first home sporting event of the week will be Friday uh, at Birdo Field when uh, the Oracles host Benton Central. We talked about that. It'll be on 98.1 and the Class of 81 uh, reunion. Saturday morning at 845, uh, middle school varsity cross country at the North White Invitational. 9 o'clock volleyball at the Tomahawk Individual at North Miami. And co-ed soccer, 1 o'clock, Rensselaer at Rensselaer. And on Sunday, 822, youth football at noon at Birdo Field. 
Uh, come out and support your Oracles. If you can make it to a road event, we have lots of them this week. Do so. If uh, if you want to wait, they'll be these teams will be performing here in Delphi soon, and the football team Friday night. So get out and support your team. Okay, now the main segment of our podcast is the Coach's Corner segment. And this week for the Coach's Corner, we have head football coach Jacob Merchkevich. Each week we'll have Coach M, much easier to say, on the show. And we'll also bring other fall coaches on as well throughout the fall season. Uh, This interview was recorded Monday night. Enjoy the interview. Okay, and we are here now on the Coach's Corner part of the Oracle Report. I'm Brian Tonsoni, and joining me tonight is head football coach Jacob Merchkevich uh, in his second year with the Oracles. Had an interesting first year dealing with all of the, the protocols in the summer when he took over for the job and had a nice uh, season last year, and it looks to continue that success in year two. Coach, how you doing this evening? I'm doing well, Brian. Thanks for having me on. I'm excited to get on here and advocating in, in favor of Oracle football. So we're, we're heading into your, your second year, and it's going to be um, a, a year where you you got to replace some people, always uh, some seniors graduated, and I'm sure that you're going to count uh, on, on some seniors this year. Uh, talk a little bit about those seniors that are going to have key roles in this year's Oracle football program. Absolutely. We had a, a large senior class last year that was very productive on both sides of the ball. Uh, including um, three-year lettermen such as Jordan Roth and Jaden Roth, both of which were, you know, in top five in program history uh, from an produ- offensive production standpoint at their respective positions. And uh, several glue guys like Jaron Reed and Blake Stinks and Zach Munson and Trent Haynes and Logan Miller, who we really relied on at their positions. Um, and we were fortunate enough to have a, you know, all area, all conference, region four all-star type kid and Evan Fritz as well. And he made a lot of noise in his only year in high school football. So we got a lot of production uh, coming off of the 2020 team that we had to replace. So last uh, offseason, at the beginning of last offseason, we challenged all of those juniors. And that's a large class. We have those juniors who are now seniors. We have 14 of them on the roster. Uh, we challenged them to take their production or take their preparation into their own hands and, you know, uh, be uh, as as present as they possibly could in our offseason weights and conditioning program, and, but also take care of some of that on their own time as well. And those guys really took that challenge to heart. Uh, we've got some seniors coming back, some of them playing new positions out of necessity, some of them just because they transformed their, their bodies to such a degree that we couldn't justify them not putting them in certain positions. I'm talking about guys like Cooper Kinsler, who's already a, an all-conference, all-area kid from last year, uh, offensive lineman, defensive lineman. Uh, we're talking about guys like Colton Winberg, who who looks like GI Joe now, man. He's he's a he's one tough dude, and uh, he's going to be an undersized tackle for us. Uh, but he's like I said, tough, and it's not. We're excited to see uh, what he can do in the trenches on both sides of the ball. Guys like Calvin Jones, who moved from tackle to tight end, who. We think he's going to be a with a 6'3", 215 frame, a, just a, a demon in the red zone, posting up safeties, tough to cover up the middle of the field. Guys like Luis Sanchez, who has done everything we've asked him to do over the last four years, uh, played several different positions, including, you know, having to take over as JV quarterback as sophomore year, just not a necessity because we lost a dude. And uh, he, uh, he he's one of those uh, guys that everyone wants to have in their football program. He's going to put the program ahead of himself whenever he possibly can. And, uh, 
you know, guys like that who uh, have really exemplified the toughness and grit and determination that Oracle football tries to pride itself on um, are, you know, the guys I'm most excited to see come out and, you know, uh, see all that effort come to fruition. We got several other players coming back as well, uh, returning starters who have been, been very productive in the past, such as Peyton Roth, who you, everyone can look at as one of our primary playmakers on the offensive side of the ball. Uh, he's chasing a, he's in the top 10 all time and career interceptions in program history as well. He's really locked in, try to chase that record down and several guys who are key contributors on the defensive side of the ball primarily and Tanner Haynes at defensive end and our Mike linebacker, Zane Townsend, as well as our Will Backer and Tristan Isley. Uh, they've been a really good tandem for the last three years. And um, I remember when we had to put Isley in at the Will on a Friday out of necessity when a kid went down, we were a little bit nervous of his lack of size. It proved to be detrimental, but uh, he's really taken off since that point. And he's also knocking on, knocking on the door for the top 10 uh, team, uh, career tackles in program history as well. So um, just to, seeing Friday nights come for such a big class that's been around for such a long time is, is really just a testament to their effort and, uh, you know, dedicating themselves to the program and really, um, really sacrificing a lot of things in those last four years, sacrificing some, you know, social opportunities and, you know, other things that they might be doing for the sake of these moments during their senior year in August through hopefully November. Uh, on Friday nights, there's nothing quite like it. Okay, Coach, so you, you have some seniors coming back. You're asking for leadership. This was an important summer, too, because this was your first summer with the with the football team because the previous summer there, there, we weren't allowed as coaches to have our athletes in due to the COVID situation. Uh, where do you feel that uh, this team is uh, compared to last year? And you still had some success last year. Uh, what What's different about this summer and this year going into game one uh, than your first year? Well, I'll tell you what, we have, uh, we're, we're much further along from an installation standpoint this summer than we were last summer, obviously. Last summer, nobody in the state was allowed to be on the grass until July 6th, I think it was, maybe 5th. But regardless, uh, everyone was kind of in the same boat in that respect. So we, we hit the ground running with our off-season strength and conditioning program, like I talked about before, and that was big for us. We pride ourselves on not just saying we're the toughest team on the field every Friday, but walking that walking that talk as well. Um, and we hope to replicate that same kind of attitude and energy on the team that we did last year. Uh, but I think we've just, we're a little bit more versatile offensively this year. We're a little bit more sound defensively right now than we were last year. Um, and that's not a slight to last year's team by any means, because that was a, a tough bunch of dudes. But uh, we, just the, for the sake of time, uh, we were able to really kind of, that expedite our process a little bit a little bit more uh, i think that it's allowed us to develop some of our young guys much better as well uh, because with the abbreviated summer last year sadly one of the things that was difficult to find time for was to dedicate time specifically to those underclassmen to your to your bottom of the roster guys and try to build them up for future years but uh, this summer we've been able to give a lot more focus to that type of player and hopefully uh, build a more solid foundation going into future years so those guys can feel comfortable stepping into the shoes of, you know, departing players. One of the things that I, I witness uh, there at Delphi is that you're a really great motivator uh, and you're, you're trying all kinds of things to, to motivate the guys that are in your program 
to get guys to consider coming out and play for your program. Uh, share with our, our listeners a little bit of, of maybe one or two things that you try to do to maximize every player's ability uh, so the individuals get better and therefore the team gets better. Uh, sh- share just a couple uh, uh, ideas that, that you do uh, in the motivation side. Absolutely. I think football as a whole and a lot of play, in a lot of parts of the country is, is under attack. Uh, it's been that way for several years with, you know, people uh, misconstruing things about head injuries and about safety practices and about you know, everything else. And a lot of guys are kind of erring towards, a lot of parents are erring towards other sports that don't have that negative stigma about them. And one of the greatest things about football is how hard it is, right? Uh, it, it, it's, it's, it's fun to go shoot baskets in the driveway. It's fun to go take cuts in the batting cage, but it's not always fun to go practice in the summer in 90 degree heat with pads on and, you know, hit your friends. But it, to me, that's fun. But, you know, <laughs> us football coaches are built different. But I think that uh, uh, in our program, we try really hard to empower leaders and not just make it about the coaching staff. We try to take as much of a, a hands-off approach to developing uh, the, the leadership on a team at different levels of it, um, rather than just being, you know, the coaches, the, the head of it, or the staff is leading everything. I want my students, my student athletes to feel as if they have a, you know, an active role in, in shaping um, the future of the program, well, the current state of the program, as well as the future of the program. So, I mean, one thing is that we reward uh, we reward effort as much above all else. We try to at least. Um, and one thing we do is that our leaders get to swing the hammer every once in a while. So I've got this, you know, this this 12 pound sledgehammer that I let the guys literally break stuff with, you know, cinder blocks on the practice field. And, you know, we we make it a point of, of uh, celebrating those guys who have risen above whatever was holding them back in the past. For instance, I talked about Colt Winberg earlier. Um, he's one of our senior captains. He uh, was the most recent guy to swing the hammer, and it was important to him and to me to to celebrate his growth because I'm just thinking three years ago when he when he came to the program, he uh, he he was a guy that we didn't really know would develop into a Friday guy, or we didn't really know if uh, what position he might fit into, and he was just. He was just kind of there at first, but he bought in. He dedicated himself to what the brand of football that we were selling, and he became a leader um, within the confines of that program. And now he's he, he's earned the, the respect almost universally of his teammates. I would say probably universally across the entire roster. He when we voted for team captains, he received the most votes from his from his teammates. So. And he's not a guy who has been a four-year starter. He's not a guy who has even lettered all four years, but he's a guy who everyone respects because everybody knows he's going to know his job. He's going to do his job as fast and as hard as he can. And he's going to outwork every dude out there as well. So, and again, trying to celebrate those guys, those victories uh, above the, the guys that have, the more natural talent. Not that we don't celebrate them as well. That, you know, we like to score touchdowns, but yeah. um, we also we also want to make sure that we call out those guys who elevate everybody else around them just because of how relentlessly they work. So Winberg's one of those dudes. We love him. I love him. Uh, I love all all my guys because m- most of them, if not all of them, at this point, have 
have answered the call. And I think we're going to see a lot more guys uh, swing the hammer by the time the season's over. I want to come out and watch that when next time you swing the hammer. But you know what it does, coaches? It teaches life lessons that effort will will pay off. You can always maximize your abilities, uh, and as they graduate, hopefully they take that lesson. Colton does that in in the classroom. I've been fortunate to to be his teacher too, and you can see where some of that, you know, uh, he had some of that. You're bringing a lot more out of him, uh, and, and he really carries that over in the classroom. Just a couple more things, uh, coach, in, in this initial coach's corner for the Oracle Report. Uh, we we all love practices. Coaches love practices but Friday nights are fun for coaches as well give us just a, a little uh, taste of what it's like to to be coach M uh, as you approach Berto Field uh, for for warm-ups and then when those lights take over uh, it's got to get you you fired up uh, as a coach as well as when you were were a player share share with us just a, a little bit of your feelings of what it's like to be a coach on Friday night Oh man, I ever since I was a kid, and I think most coaches can say this. Ever since I was a little kid, before I was even, you know, on a varsity football team, uh, the, the lights have always just drawn me. Just like the the game itself drew me in. There's nothing quite like the experience of a Friday night in the fall, especially here in in small town Indiana, which I think is very special with the entire community rallying around uh, a group of young men who have been working tire, tirelessly all summer, if not several years towards those, that, that set of limited opportunities to, to play the game. And I think that um, it's just this idea of, of stepping into the spotlight after years of sacrifice and, and work and toil and sweat. I think that it's very rewarding for student athletes. And, and um, I tell kids who haven't played football in the past, or maybe have stepped away from the game who are considering coming back that, I mean, you can do, you can play any sport you want and get gratification out of it, but there is just nothing like, and absolutely nothing like um, being on the field on a Friday night. Uh, for me personally, uh, I'm, you know, most coaches are, you know, like I said, they're, they're junkies, you know, I mean, the Friday, the lights are, are, are special and everything, but the game itself is, is such a chess match at times, but it's also such a passionate game. And I think that I act a little bit more, you know, high octane than some coaches do. And that's just fine because everyone has their own leadership style. But um, I think that I try to, as a teacher in the building, I try to teach with the same passion every day. Um, and I think that uh, hopefully my student athletes realize that I bring that well, a different kind of passion, but still a, a relentless passion to how I, how I coach the game and, and lead the team, not just on Fridays, but every single day on the practice field, because that's really where you win and lose games right there. Absolutely. So we have Benton Central in the home opener uh, on, on Friday night, and game one is always an interesting game because you're going to do a lot of things well, and you're going to have some struggles, uh, and hopefully you'll be playing uh, the best ball down towards uh, tournament time. But uh, share with us your thoughts on the ben Benton Central and what you're going to have to do to come out victorious. Yeah, Ben Central is a team, a program that's kind of been down a few years. Uh, we played them the last several years. I think Delphi leads the overall series um, dating back many, many years before my time, uh, 19 to 13. Um, I think that uh, BC's got a lot of speed in the secondary. We've got some athletic skill position players. Uh, I think we have the, I think we have a, a decided uh, advantage in the trenches against them, especially on our defensive line. I think we'll be able to. Uh, um, kind of set up camp in their backfield most of the night. Uh, we plan on playing our, the same aggressive downhill toughness brand of football that we typically play. Um, 
I think that um, we'll be able to uh, be able to kind of mitigate a lot of those week one growing pains that you mentioned uh, through sheer aggression. And that's really what we want to, what one of our focal points this week is that um, we want to make sure that we remind our guys that whenever we make a mistake, we can mitigate those mistakes with aggression, solve our problems with aggression. So um, <clears throat> pardon me. Um, even if we're in the wrong place, we're going to get there fast, we're going to get there hard, we're going to get there with bad intentions. Uh, and I think that our guys have been growing up in our system now. Uh, we finally got to a place of consistency where um, there, a lot of the calls and a lot of the, the verbiage and terminology and the technique and the rules that we uh, promote to these guys and teach these guys are, are, are almost second nature at this point. So it allows us to play fast, allows us to uh, play a brand of ball that we've kind of been working towards for several years. Um, now we're down a couple guys um, that uh, would be two-way starters. And I think that I'm excited to see some of those young guys step into prominent roles. I mean, uh, it's disappointing to see uh, student athletes miss opportunities for, you know, whatever extenuating circumstances they find themselves in. But at the same time, it's exciting um, to see young players get an opportunity to leave their mark on a program. And a lot of times we see uh, those players step into situations like that and not like old position. So yeah. uh, I'm excited to see them step into the spotlight under those lights this Friday. And I'm excited to see the position battles next week and the week after that in practice intensify on the practice field um, as the returning players try to win their jobs back. Because um, one of our main mottos is that, you know, we are entitled to nothing. And we remind our kids that they're entitled to nothing uh, every single day. And that's one thing that the hammer is supposed to symbolize, right? Breaking entitlement. Uh, and we think that, uh, we think that we, 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 we are really excited, my staff and I, about seeing those guys come back and fight with their teammates to try to get back on the field. But uh, in, in the end, we're all in this thing together, and our team is, especially our, our senior class, has really gelled and they're tied, and they've been playing ball together for so long. And, you know, uh, so long that it's, uh, it's, really, it's really gratifying from a coach and a leader to see, just to put those guys in positions to be successful and watch them kind of bask in that opportunity well coach uh, we're, we're glad you're leading the oracle uh, football program we think it's in in great hands we wish you nothing but luck friday night and when when you step out there for warm-ups soak it up and uh right before kickoff just just smell the popcorn and all the good things about friday night football because you put in some some good work and i'm sure you have the team ready and encourage all the fans to go out and visit but thank you for taking this time uh we're gonna make this a regular coach's corner on on the oracle report uh and we're gonna have other coaches join us too as well but thanks coach for joining us tonight and best of luck thanks brian go oracles that's all the time we have left for this episode of the Oracle Report. Come out and support our student athletes and coaches this and every week. Thanks to Athletic Director Chip Dale, and thanks to Sue Hartman, at the Athletic Executive Assistant, for all the work they do behind the scenes. Thanks to the parents uh, for all they do for our athletes, and thank you for the listeners uh, for tuning into this podcast and rooting on those oracles. We will be back next week. Until then, keep your Oracle pride revved up, and always remember, it's a great day to be an Oracle. <laughs>